Hey, my fellow podcasters. This is the Havala Cunnington podcast, and this is Havala Cunnington. I thought maybe you'd like to listen into one of the messages that we've been sharing. So sit back, tune in, and receive from the Holy Spirit. I hope that you get something out of this, and I'll catch up with you at the end of this short message. Our greatest power in our lives, our greatest purpose is when we begin to understand that our story is the power of the cross living within us, and it is the greatest influence we will ever have on the face of this earth. It will never be about what we've learned and who we know and how much we made and who we married. It's going to be about how the cross of Christ demonstrated itself within the inside of us, and it became us, and now it's us. The Word of God reincarnated, really, within us, changing changing the world around us because we let it go on the inside and change us. And now it's not separate from us. It is us. I, I'm not once was forgiven. I'm a forgiven person. I wasn't once redeemed. I'm redeemed. I wasn't once washed clean. I'm continually washed clean and I'm the righteousness of Christ clothed in his righteousness now, now and forevermore. And so we need to major on us. I think sometimes we get so stuck on majoring on other people that we have a hard time ever looking at ourselves. Sometimes the enemy loves us to be focused on so many other things and he diminishes our story in such a way that we feel like it's lost its luster. We get saved, we tell our story a lot, we tell everybody we know, God did this and then, and then pretty soon, well, that was 10 years ago and that was 15 years ago. And pretty soon it feels like it's, well, yeah, it's great. And I didn't even notice it until we moved to Reading uh, seven, eight months ago. And when you start to meet, when you move somewhere new, you have to meet new people, right? It's called being friendly. You'll, you'll learn it. And, um, and so we had to meet new people. And so the first thing you do is, hey, what's your story? And so you'll begin to hear these stories and they say it like it's ho-hum. Yeah, so anyway, I lost a leg and then I prayed and the leg grew out. But anyway, <laughs> would you like some more punch? And you're like, what? <laughs> this one guy was at a birthday party with one of my sons and the guy says, oh yeah. I said, I, I said you have three kids? He goes, yeah, I have two boys and I have our last daughter, Hannah. He said, yeah, it's really funny. And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of probing him. Like, what are you talking about? He said, well... God just told us we were going to have this little girl. And so we ended up taking this room in our house and painting it pink. And we wrote Hannah on the wall. And all our neighbors thought we were crazy because we were going to have this Hannah baby, but nobody ever thought we were having a kid. And, you know, and we just would hide it in our, and people would come over and we'd close the door and not let people see the room because we thought it was embarrassing. But we just kept believing and we kept praying. And he said it got so much to the point that our church, our house church that was in our home in the basement at one point, they all knew we were believing for this baby in such a way we had painted the nursery, we had put the crib up, we had put the, the name on the wall that when we said we were pregnant, it erupted the room and there was such cheers because the faith that we had had all became, to be, became real in one instance. And he said they knew immediately we were having a girl and they celebrated, we had a huge party and little Hannah walks by running around and I'm thinking, that's a pretty incredible story, probably the most incredible story. <laughs> I will ever have. I will never have a story. That's amazing. And um, I'm going to take my little life and my little story of faith for me to make it to the gas station and file it away because I don't have a pink room. And, you know, 
The story of how you got here is amazing. The resurrection power of Jesus operating in your life, setting you free, becoming a dad you never had, becoming your mom. Be, I mean, setting your body free. Some of you were barren and God filled your womb. Some of you were broken and addicted and God just set you free from addictions immediately and you were totally washed clean and never had to desire again. Some of you had broken marriages and you came to Christ and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you became a whole person enough to love. And even if your spouse isn't whole enough, guess what? You're loving them through it. And there's something in that that is the power of Christ. And so we've got to, in order to have, be a per person of purpose, in order to become a voice in your generation, you are going to have to get really familiar with your story. You're going to have to know it. You're going to have to know when God intervened in it. You're going to have to know what's funny about it. You're going to have to know what sounds crazy about it. You're going to have to know how God, what he did. You're going to have to remind yourself how God got you where you are. And you're going to have to have that story come in and out and in and out and becomes the message of your life, the message of the gospel, so that wherever you go, you're not preaching to people a new sermon or new revelation. You're preaching your life. People go, how did you get that baby? Well, it's kind of funny. We just believed in what? Because people aren't going to come into the church anymore. No offense. We all know that, right? We, I mean, I have girlfriends I've been ministering to for years and years and years. They, they just don't walk in the church. They'll hang out with me. They'll like my Instagram. They'll, say, they'll come up and visit. But they're not going to be in this building. The only one speaking to them is my life, what I'm talking about. And I'm not preaching to them. I'm not here to give them. I don't have like a three conversation limit. Like we'll talk three times and then you're getting the gospel. You know, like one, two, and three. Like, no, I mean, I am, I'm trying to be as normal as I can with the people around me, love them to death, let them know that I'm, a, I'm kind of a dork too, and I've got hangups too. And, the, and how do I know it? I know it because the people that I've been meeting and coming across lately, they like hanging out with me and they don't know Christ and they don't come to church with me, but they want me to go have beer and bowl with them. And I'm not a big beer and bowl kind of girl. You know, I'm not a Aussie, but I would say that I, but I would say that, you know, I, they have no problem. They know I'm a pastor. They know I'm a preacher. They have no, hey, come bowling. It's just a girl's night out. And I love that. I'm like, absolutely. I'll go hang out with you and, and love you and, and sing with you and like be with you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'll be the driver, but I just want you to know. <laughs> That I'm here and my story, I want them to ask me about how I raise my kids and how my husband and I get along. I want them to ask me about date nights and how we do our finances. I want them to, to ask me so that my story becomes a part of me. And the problem is if you have lost the luster of your story, no one else is gonna think it's that fascinating. And I just think us Christians, we just kind of bypass it and act like it's not a big deal. And it is the power of who we are. <sighs> And the way that we find our story and we keep it alive is what I'm gonna talk about. And then I'm gonna give you some super practical things like stuff that some of you girls are list takers. You're gonna be so happy with me in a few minutes. You're gonna be like, did you hear? Hold on just a minute. Let me get every single one of these notes. The Bible says that, that we are to, in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says that we are to inquire and require of the Lord which means that we need to seek him on a daily basis. How many of you have found that when you have a heart to seek God, every demon in hell wants to come against you? Come on, you get your Bible out and it is the first time so-and-so's called you in 10 months. 
right? It's the first time you remember where that bill is. This is the first time your spouse wants to have a conversation with you. And all of a sudden, you have your Bible in front of you and you need to seek God and you, and, and you find, that, and I always think about this, the moment I, I'm like, I have learned to do damage control when it comes to seeking God. I'm like, you know, I, I know in a few minutes, every kid's gonna come in this room and act like they've never eaten in their entire life. And so when I get up to read my Bible, I set out all of juice, Cheerios, vitamins, movies, tranquilizers, and I just put it in a row and we just try one after the other until one works. And I just begin to set it because things, anything's gonna come. Any good idea is gonna come. But what the enemy knows is that if you can spend quality time with the Lord on a daily basis, your life is going to be revolutionized. Your spiritual walk is gonna grow. It's, it's gonna change who you are. It's gonna get you so familiar with the story of Jesus that when you walk around, you're not gonna have to go, oh yeah, let me get in that mode. You're gonna be in that mode. And so how do we do that? And I know I am so not a disciplined person when it comes to this. I'm not one of those girls that's like, and I just do the daily reading every single day. It's, I, I'm not one of those. I mean, I have to fight for this, but I have found that if I need to inquire and require of the Lord and I do it with all my heart, I will be rewarded for that and I will have enough for what, what's in front of me. The Bible says in Psalms 91.1, I love this. It says, he who dwells in the secret place, the most high shall remain what? stable <laughs> and fixed upon the shadow of the Almighty. How many of you know that if you hang out with God, you're gonna get stable? Your emotions are gonna get stable. Your attitudes are gonna get stable. Your anxiety is gonna diminish. You're gonna to begin to be the woman that you're called to be, but we have to take time to spend time with him. I love what it says in the Bible. It says in 2 Timothy 1, 2, it says we are to stir up our faith. We're to stir it up, which means that that's our responsibility. It's not anyone else's responsibility, but for you to stir up your faith. It's for you to take responsibility and to stir a heart of faith. You know, this scripture was given to Timothy and Timothy was a pastor of the largest church of the world. Could you imagine being a pastor? Oh, I'm just a pastor of the largest church in the entire world. Timothy's this young man and there are Christians being crucified everywhere. They have arenas, they're taking him out to the arena and they're, he's, they're being killed by lions and you know, they're, they're, they're being killed in the marketplace and they're being attacked. And here Timothy is this young believer and he's the pastor and he's beginning to fight fear and anxiety. And how many of you would just admit that that is very true and that's very real. And he's starting to feel like, what am I gonna do? And then Paul sends this word to him. Hey, listen, for this reason, in the midst of your hardship, in the midst of your financial crisis, in the midst of your marital crisis, in the midst of your child being a knucklehead, in the midst of everything happening, hey, guess what? Don't forget to fan the flame of the gift of God, which is in you. Well, my friends, that's all for today. I'm really honored each and every time you tune into this podcast. If you enjoyed today, don't forget to leave me a review. I read each and every one. Throw me some stars and make sure that you share this with your friends. It's really the only way that this message gets out. It's the only way that everyone learns about this podcast. And we really do this for you. We uh, really love you and we're always honored that you follow us and that you help us. So have a great day. Can't wait to catch up with you next time and keep serving Jesus. It's worth each and every day of our lives. Love you. Bye-bye.